Welcome back, seventh grade parents, rising seventh grade parents, and hopefully students, um, you're on here as well. Hey, I know a lot of our kids uh, started walking a whole lot more, exercising a whole lot more during quarantine. So maybe, maybe you're still continuing your exercise and walking around and listening to your future junior high leaders here. Again, it's Donald Clayton, principal at the junior high school, along with Brooke Gibbons and Derek Kennedy, uh, two assistant principals we have at the junior high. Last episode, we kind of just talked a little bit and got into some really fun things about whether or not... Um, Hot dogs are considered sandwiches and things like that. This time, we want to tell you more about our school and then, in particular, more about things that kind of help make a successful transition. We can probably talk about what makes a successful year and a successful career at the junior high, but I think right now, being in June um, and going into July, we're thinking more about, like, how do you make a successful entry in the first nine weeks? What are the markers that kind of do that? Um, So let me first just... Just tell you a little bit about our school um, and, and kind of what we aim for. Uh, about six or seven years ago, we had all of our teachers get together, had some kids involved um, and some parents involved, and we tried to develop what our beliefs were. And pretty much one of the main things that came out was a climate of acceptance. From there, we started talking about how how do we live that out? Like, how do we have a climate of acceptance in our building? How do you have a climate of acceptance in the hallways, in a class, in, in the lunchroom, et cetera? Um, and what ended up kind of being born from that is that whole concept of us being the most welcoming school. Because we know that if you come to our building and you feel welcomed and you feel at home and you feel um, at ease, that you're more likely to be able to get in there, participate, and learn. And that's what we want for our students is at the end to be able to learn. But we want them to feel very welcomed in our space to a point to where they end up welcoming others as opposed to walking in and waking, waiting to be welcomed. Out of that, and it's something I talk about probably ad nauseum with our kids is um, we talk about how good schools have great students, and great students are ones that do um, do their work really well and do their studying. But a great school, which is what we want to be, have awesome classmates. And an outwardly thinking um, way is how do your actions affect the ones around you? What does an awesome classmate look like? How do you do that? And so that's that's kind of what we look for. And of course, um, we're gonna we're gonna get after it in the classroom. We're gonna our teachers um, ask a lot. And um, they are really, really good at what they do. Um, And so we kind of want to talk about what does that transition look like today into that culture that we're aiming for um, at school. So let's first start uh, academically. Um, What are kind of the things you guys see as being successful um, strategies or traits for our students as they come into seventh grade? Now, Brooke, you've had a chance to do this from assistant principal role. Derek, you saw it in the classroom with seventh graders. Uh, So I think your insight will be really good here. Yeah. You want to go ahead, Garrett? Uh, Yeah. So like uh, Principal Clayton mentioned, um, I taught for five years before making the transition to being an administrator, which was only last year. So um, I taught seventh grade specifically and saw a lot of kids as they entered the building. Uh, A couple of things that I would kind of recommend right off the bat is uh, parents for you to start having conversations with your kids about the difference uh, between elementary and and junior high. And, you know, there's a lot to focus on there. Uh, I know that um, at the very end of elementary, you might start to get to where you're changing classes. And so some of the elements kind of appeared appear the same. Sure. Um, but I think when you enter the junior high, a, a lot of um, kids just right off the bat, uh, they start thinking about 
lockers and um, <laughs> navigating the halls and getting to their classrooms and academics almost become like a afterthought, right? Where it's like, I have to follow every procedure and I have to get to where I'm going and I have mm-hmm. to do, make friends. And there's just a million things going through their mind and rightfully so. Um, but parents, I, I think it's our job to, to kind of calm them down uh, as they have that flurry of just uh, different things running through their mind. So parents, I would start having conversations, just letting them know that like lockers are not the most important thing. <laughs> it's okay right. if you can't open your locker day one. It's a lot like tying your shoe. At mm-hmm. one point in your life, you couldn't tie your shoe. Do you think about tying your shoe now as an adult? No. You just get up in the morning and do it, right? right. Um, it's going to be the same thing with a locker. You know, they do it three, four, five, seven, eight, um, maybe 20 times for some kids, and that's okay. They're going to get it, right? And that's not the end goal of why they're at Mountain Brook Junior High. And right. I think setting that perspective right off the bat um, is really helpful. I think helping kids uh, start off successfully, uh, meaning helping them get organized before they enter the building, right? Helping them with binders, anything that you can do to take some minimal task um, off of their plate so that they get in the building, they're focused on two things. Relationships, number one. I think when they get in a classroom, um, they need to be open to the fact that we were having four schools coming together all at one time and that uh, there are probably some people in their each class that they don't know. Sure. And I think that uh, something that's refreshing is coming into a classroom and finding someone you don't know mm-hmm. and, and getting to know them for the first time. Uh, and regardless of what occurred in elementary school, whether you were uh, you know, a model student and made the grades that you wanted or whether you didn't, th- this is a new start. This is a new you, right? And so you get to kind of build uh, new bridges and new avenues, which is a really cool thing. And then the second thing is being open to, to establishing a relationship with that teacher. Right. Uh, I know that that happens kind of on its own and needs to happen organically. Um, but, you know, the faster that, that we can uh, get across the point that, yes, we're there to teach, we're also there just to know you, right, just to care for you, um, then I think that that helps um, students start to advocate for themselves. They, they will tell the teacher faster when they're struggling with academics or if they're struggling with their locker <laughs> and we need to intervene and take some of that off of their plate. Um, I think that doing those things and having those conversations early really set the kid up for success right off the bat and kind of takes a lot off of their plate anxiety-wise, uh, which will open them up for, for learning right off the bat. Yeah, I'm glad you bring that up too about going into a new building, right? Like we're in, we know school, right? right? Sixth grade to seventh grade, maturity wise, um, they're, they're only a year off, Mm -hmm. but we're talking about a whole new school building. And some of our students have been in one school. So they, they, they're all entire form of experience in one place. And we are so lucky to, to experience the confluence of four incredible elementary schools when they show up, uh, to the junior high. And you're right. We get a chance to see a lot of interaction. And, you know, I know that I know I have that picture in my head every year going to Spartan day, um, kids putting on the, the Spartan day t-shirt and it's just this sea of of white, green, whatever color um, T-shirt we have that year, um, and they're just you know they're there all as one group, and it's really neat. It's a really neat thing to see, but I think that is something that that we got we think about and talk about is there's new procedures, the lockers, you know, like you said, Derek. I mean, I, I, we, we're going to see kids who have a hard time opening their locker and getting to class on time. We're okay with some, it. Some kids struggle to see the dial on yeah, the top. That's right. They feel like they've right. just been dropped into Alice yeah. in Wonderland, yeah, right? right. They went from an elementary school where they could see over everything, and now right. all of a sudden they're thrown in the junior high. So. Yeah. 
And so when we see that, and, and we're great with it, and we're going to help that. And, and I think what I would want kids and, and parents to hear right now is um, we've got things set up the month of July. You know, we sent that email out, and we'll continue to follow up um, with that. Things set up in the month of July, and then we're still on track for August 4th being Spartan Day. And those are times to get all of those questions that you have um, about the building, about the procedures, out of the way so that you feel very comfortable um, with it. Because like you said, Derek, we— we, we desire a place where uh, the relationships rise to the top. Um, yeah, Brooke, I, go ahead. Yeah, I think that's the key point right there um, is they're coming from an elementary school where they've see, they see that one teacher, sometimes two or three. However, they're going to get seven. Mm-hmm. And you lose that. They think as if I see these seven people and these seven people all care about them just like they did with, in elementary mm-hmm. school when they had those relationships that were a little bit longer. Even though they're in uh, junior high for 48 minutes, those, still, those teachers still care for them. They want to communicate with them. They want to know what they're doing outside of school. They want to know if they're struggling. Um, you know, they want them to come and talk to them. Hey, can you do this for me because I need it like this. Um, so I think that's important that our student that we're moving those students into really talking about that self-advocacy and talking with their teacher and just sharing their thoughts, whether it be through athletics, whether it be through um, academics, whether it be through any type of extracurricular activity, um, so that they are there, they care about them. They care about everything that they do. Yeah, and I think it it's it's worth noting too that like self advocacy that's a big deal once you yeah. get to secondary schools, um, but not everybody walks in the door in They're seventh grade yeah, right. with self advocating skills. Right, we're okay with it. We're that's why we're here is to help teach and and we want to partner with you parents to help students learn how to do that so that when they get into the high school years, meaning ninth grade in our building as well, that they have that ability to go like you said, Derek, to go have that relationship with that teacher um, and feel like they can they can talk about and and verbalize their learning. Um, and, I, and I think those things start with with things that are very very small. Yeah. You know, like uh, if you have something you need to tell your teacher, okay, well, child might not feel comfortable to do it in person. Parents, let the child send an email. It's okay if you sit beside them at a computer and sure. hold their hand as they send the first one, right? Um, eventually, they will feel comfortable enough to maybe send the email by themselves or to come and see the teacher. Um, but it's it's all those little steps that, that we can do as, as parents, as administrators, as teachers to help guide the, the students and to kind of set those parameters and then eventually – when they get older, yeah, they can just run with it. Um, yeah. But but we gotta we gotta kind of set those guardrails for them in the beginning, so that it brings that comfortability. Yeah, I like it. Um, what other things can you think about that falls into the category of kind of good advice for a, a student transitioning? I know a lot of our kids um, are involved in a lot of different things. Um, kind of what kind of advice do you guys have for students in that area? Yeah, I think that goes into we have a lot of stuff that you can get involved in, whether it be um, athletics, whether it be extracurricular activities, whether it be clubs that we offer, Um, get connected. Um, And it doesn't need to be or have to be um, with your same peer group. Um, You might have one interest that your peer group isn't interested in. Go ahead, go with it, meet new people. Goes back to that that warm, that welcoming kind of component that we want our school to be, um, and you f- building up relationships that you have. You know, people always ask us. You know, y'all's team seems to get along and work well together. 
well, I believe we work well together because we're all so different. Yeah. Um, you know, we probably wouldn't have stopped each other on the on the street. But right. now that we are together, we know how different we all are and why it makes us work. And that's yeah. how it would it, how it does for our school, too. Yeah. And so. I. And that and that's that happens in the classroom. You know, a lot of our classrooms have yeah. tables, um, and so you get to interact with students who, um, like you were saying, you know, we might not be the same. Mm-hmm. We might not have crossed paths otherwise. Um, and here we are at a table group in seventh grade civics, and we got to learn how to collaborate. That's that's life. That's the world, and and that's kind of stuff we desire. Um, I would say, students, if you're listening, find those places to get involved. And 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 like Ms. Gibbons said, it doesn't necessarily have to be with your same peer group. It doesn't necessarily have to be the thing that you're uber passionate about, especially when you get into clubs, if you want to learn something different or you just have an interest in it, jump in there. We do our club process in the spring. Um, Students get a chance to pitch club ideas and they get a chance to sign up for their top three choices. And then everybody in the school is in a club and they range from service groups, interests, hobbies, learning new things. Um, It's just a good opportunity to dive into something you're interested in and to also get to know some different people, including might be a different teacher um, as your club sponsor. But there are lots of activities. We find that the more involved our students are, um, not just in activities, but the more involved they are in the classroom, uh, more involved they are with communicating with their teacher, um, the the better experience they have. We could probably say more successful, but that's probably not always that true, but just a better experience um, that we sometimes um, see, see from that. Um, what kind of habits, study habits and things um, executive functioning type skills do you see are the things that really make that first nine weeks, that first semester successful? So parents might be able to right now say, all right, let's take a look. This could be important. Let's have these conversations uh, before we go. Yeah, I think the the key for me for that successfulness for students is um, that organization component or n- using the tools that you have. Whether you want to write down your assignments, you have a hard copy of your agenda, or you want to use um, your Google Calendar because we're one-to-one. Just being able to write everything down, know what you have in that organizational standpoint, and plan it out. You know, look at it from the week, the two weeks, the month, what do I have going on? Not only from an education standpoint, but after-school activities. All of our students, we want to get involved and we want them to be in after-school activities. So therefore, if they know that they have this on Thursday, but they also have a test on that that Wednesday night or Thursday going in, they can plan to study or do whatever they need to do for that before it gets right up on top of them. Because we want them to experience those extracurriculars. um, Because that is who they are and that is also a value part of their their person themselves so that kind of since we've been in the quarantine and we haven't had all these activities when you talk like that and talk about the calendar it kind of gives me a little anxiety like really? yeah i started going oh my goodness we got these many, events coming up yeah, you got? Yeah. Right. i started running through all my kids events and this yeah. massive calendar um and i haven't done that in a while no, I, I think one of the best things you can do is um allow your child your student to see what they have it's one thing for them in their mind to mentally say I have a football game on Thursday it's another thing to realize they have a uh, civics test on Friday and their football game is going to last till eight o'clock at on night Thursday on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. so they need to have studied Monday Tuesday or Wednesday right? right and and I think if you can put that in front of them and if you can walk that through the you know through with them um, together that 
it's only going to be something that helps you and them. (laughs) It'll eliminate the, hey, I'm the parent and I'm going to fight you because you didn't study. And so now you got to stay up till 10 o'clock. Right. Um, Or they're trying to study at 10 o'clock and think that they're going to email the teacher and get a response. Right. And then the kids have an anxiety because they needed help on a question or what, you know. So I I think anything that you can do from uh, an organization standpoint to help your student is only going to benefit them. Now, at some point, we want them to be able to do it, right. right? And so we want to set them up for success. That doesn't mean that we want to always stay on top of them and manage their success, right? Uh, failure sometimes is good, too, because they realize why something is important and then make the correction. So, you know, I think, uh, like I said before, us setting the guardrails and then kind of letting them have some freedom in that. And then, you know, if we need to put the guardrails a little bit tighter later on, we do that to self-correct. Um, but um, Yeah, that organization, that calendar scene, I like that visual of actually seeing it, that's the scaffold, right. right? That's a scaffold that supports the deeper learning things that we want. Without the scaffold, everything collapses, right? right? right. Um, and so those are things. When, and look, you, you're probably listening right now going, oh, man, uh, my son or daughter is 0% organized, right? I think there's conversations and things a you can do this them, summer right? yeah. to practice. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you can take small little things and say, hey, let's let's plan or put out this week or maybe just this day or maybe just this morning on a calendar um, and then stick to it and see what happens. Uh, There's a lot of good research out there about time blocking in the summer, um, but being more specific with some of the things um, that go on um, in a typical school year. So um, all good things to think about right now. I think parents, you probably listen, you probably like me and think, man, I could I could use a little uh, help in my organizational um, methods too. contact Brooke Gibbons. Is that what we're going to say? Yeah. Um, I think the other thing that we need to talk about on that, that component of of organization or just being able for parents to know is that we do have Canvas as our learning management system. So our kids know what's going on in their classroom um, as far as their assignments and everything that's due and where to try to find it. Um, Parents have that same access. So it kind of goes back to um, what you were talking about, Derek, is that if you see that the student has this type of homework or this assignment coming up and you you don't see them doing it, you can say, hey, what do you got going on? If they still don't answer as a parent, you could go, well, what about this in science or what about this in social studies? So that kind of gives you those conversations to let them guide themselves, but you also be that back door if they're not they're not doing anything. Yeah, we call that leverage in parenting. Right. It's, a, it's a wonderful thing, right? <laughs> leverage. Um, all right, good deal. Um, parents, kids, thank you again for uh, listening in with us uh, today for this second uh, episode. Again, we'll be hopefully be back in the next few weeks with um, some episodes from teachers and from students and then also from parents about how to make that transition to our school um, really, really positive. And again, this, rest assured, we're, our, our goal is not to open the door and just say, drop them in, right, and then let them make it. We've got a hundred over 100 adults in the building, and every one of them is committed to making sure that our students have a wonderful experience, um, feel very accepted, um, and learn throughout their three years at the junior high. You guys continue to stay well, and we look forward, uh, hopefully, really soon to seeing you. Thanks.